Hi, I'm Ron. And I'm Don. And this is the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for joining us today. Very excited to present the second in a two-part series on structural overload. Today we're going to identify several uh, important factors, but the most important thing that you need to know is you have to identify the roofs that are at risk for being structurally unsound and get those plans and the uh, changes that have happened to that roof, things that have been added to it or anything that has been done to the roof, additional roof layers been put onto it, over to an engineer and let them evaluate that roof. If it is uh, a roof that is in climatic conditions where you have to remove snow loads or stuff like that, they can also evaluate the proper procedure for that particular snow load. Well, and if you joined us last week, we talked a lot about the uh, design load characteristics of a roof and what a live load and a dead load and an environmental load is and how they impact a roof structure. So again, I go back to the importance of making sure if we've got stuff on that roof that doesn't belong there, let's get it off of there. There should also be a plan to periodically inspect roofs and find out if stuff is being left on the roof because all that stuff adds up, all that weight. I mean, we've Don and I have both seen locations where I think small wares and plates and things like that were actually stored on the roof of a restaurant. So if you got stuff up there like that, get it off the roof. One of my favorites has been, I'll see cases of quarry tiles sitting on roofs. <laughs> or out down in California, they'll have replaced the, the boiler for their water heater, which is on the roof, and they've left the old one up there and added all that weight. All that stuff needs to come down. Well, and speaking of periodic inspections, let's make sure that when you're on that roof and you're inspecting, that you're verifying that those roof drains are doing what they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, too often, things get down into the drain and can partially block it, even down below where you can actually see. Sometimes you actually have to run water down the drains to see if they are backing up and they are partially obstructed. In Hawaii a few months ago and a year ago in Hurricane Hugo in Texas, they got 50 inches of rain in, in a matter of a couple of days, sometimes running six to seven inches an hour. Roofs are designed to take that kind of rain load uh, and shed it if everything is working right. They also have emergency overflow scuffers. But what happens if you've already overloaded the roof with all the other items that we've talked about and that roof structure is now deflected and you're ponding that water? Well, they had lots of failures of roofs. Let's talk about also in colder climates when you have uh, snow loads and ice loads on a roof. If you have drains that come off the roof, they can freeze up and you'll then keep all that water off the roof, which will freeze and stay there as long as, long as it's uh, below freezing. You need to, uh, first of all, clean out those drains and if necessary, put in heat traces down those drain lines to keep them free of ice. If you don't have that, a simple trick that works very well is fill up a long tube sock that you have from when you were in high school <laughs> with calcium chloride, tie off one end, and if this is the drain, put one on each side going away from it perpendicular and you will then have a, a path for water to get to the drain and uh, go down the roof. Now, will a heavy rain wash out a lot of that calcium chloride? Yeah, you'll have to replace it. But it's a simple, quick solution. If you have a pitched roof, you can get ice dams and you do the same thing with the, the, the uh, tube socks filled with calcium chloride, throw it up there so that it covers the portion that is exposed beyond the outside wall of the, of the building 
so that you can have a path through the snow and ice that's built up for that drainage of water. In the first episode, we learned that what Don is describing are the environmental loads that are created from, from weather events. Uh, another weather event that can create quite an environmental load are the spring and fall snows that tend to be quite a bit heavier than a traditional winter snow, which can be light and powdery. So now you're dealing with spring and fall snows, you're dealing with all the weight of that, and it's very important to know that that snow can, uh, can have a conduit for melting and uh, dissipating off the, uh, the roof itself. The chart that you're looking at right now shows you the weight uh, relationships for the different kinds of snowfalls. And it's, it's critical for you to understand that because look at the variance across one line of the weight. It is substantial and you, your roofs are going to have to deal with that. Now, when you have snow building up on a roof and you determine that, you know, it's getting hazardous and we got to get it off that roof, this is where your engineer should have had a plan already put together for you on how it should be removed. It's going to have to be removed by hand. I personally always use contractors for this. Uh, the reason for that is I could give them very specific instructions and they would follow it. If I sent ROE employees up there, they would not always follow the instructions and hazard themselves as well as the roof. And if they fell down, you have a workers' comp claim and you also have a situation where you may be missing one of your key employees through maybe the holiday season, which you don't want that for operational reasons. When the contractor shows up, you ha they, they have to know that that roof is going to be extremely slippery. If it's a PVC roof, ice or snow on a PVC roof is like having grease on glass. So they have to be, you have to be aware of their, 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 what they have for uh, footwear. They're not allowed ever to congregate on the roof. All those people together with all that weight, we end up with uh, somebody sitting in the middle of the dining room with a pile of snow around them. On the uh, Removal techniques, I have used in the past, always had uh, shovels, plastic edges, no metal edges on the shovels, and the roof rakes need to be aluminum so they don't damage the roof membrane. Going further, my roofs were generally uh, designated by the engineers to be removed in a checkerboard pattern where you would lay it out just like a checkerboard and you would effectively, let's say, remove all the white squares first and then later on go back as your second move and move all the black squares. You pick up one shovel full of snow, walk it all the way to the edge of the roof and throw it off, pick up another shovel full. You never pile up snow and then move it. It is all one shovel full at a time because you're trying to remove the load, not increase it in any one spot. Never let your people congregate to the edge, lining up to throw the shovels full off the roof. Make sure that whatever's below it is a safe place to have that uh, without damaging landscaping or other structures. If you have a pitched roof that drains onto a flat roof, you rake off one rake full of snow, pick up your shovel and carry that to the edge of the roof, then rake off another one. You never pile up the snow raking it all off into a pile because you're adding a new load to that one specific spot on the roof. If you have a buildup of ice and snow on the roof, once you get it cleaned, just spread around calcium chloride and that will uh, get rid of it and make it a whole lot, 
later because it'll drain the roof of, of that, assuming that your roof drains are flowing. In, in closing, make sure you do surveys of the roof more intensively than you have in the past. When I, in the last few years of my career, I thought, you know, all the buildings I knew that were overbuilt in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, but then I got to thinking back, we, we started having buildings that had less uh, structural integrity as a result of alloys being needed for the Vietnam War, tectum decks came in, which were a great idea that failed, and then finally uh, we, ha we, we had the value engineering come in where we're reducing the costs. Your roofs are now much more dangerous with the environment changing. We may have more snow, more heavy rains. You need to be ahead of the game. So thanks for joining us today. Again, this is the second in a two-part series on structural overloads, and uh, we appreciate you joining us today. I'm Ron. And I'm Don. Subscribe.